And I'm asking for there to be a groundswell. I'm just encouraging us to unite around the idea that no matter what we have felt, no matter what we have experienced, no matter how we've defined it in the past, let's come together and realize that God has a plan an investment in the church. The church is God's idea. It's plan A and there is no plan B. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders our pastors would kill to have on the team. Welcome back to season two of the Leading Second Podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart, and we are so honored that you're here today and that you found this space. If you lead, but you're not in charge, Leading Second is for you. So um, welcome to your tribe. Welcome to um, this space that we've created to help you. Of course, the Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning. And if you haven't yet, click the subscribe button. We would consider it an honor to have a voice into your life and into your leadership every single week. And man, I'm so excited about today's episode. Today, you're going to hear from some of our great friends um, in our team church tribe, our team church contributors. We're going to talk about exploring the DNA of great teams today. I just think it's really going to help you. It's going to be a bit of a different conversation than I think we normally lean into and and is just going to add another layer into um, the the life of our tribe. But before we get there today, as is our custom here on the podcast, our first segment is always crowdsourced. And today we had a great question come in from a member of the Leading Second Tribe. So uh, let's check out what's on the mind of one of our tribe members here at Leading Second. So we had a great question come in from Allison from Austin, Texas. Let's hear this great question. How do you understand the why behind someone else's vision? Well, Allison, thanks so much for sending in your question. And I think you're asking just one of the most important questions that that we as leading second leaders need to get right. And that's understanding the why behind the what of our leader's vision. Uh, For context, and and I would highly recommend everyone who is listening to this, if you haven't read it yet, um, I would highly recommend you read Start With Why by Simon Sinek. He's sort of the the recent thought leader that brought this concept, I guess, back into kind of the mainstream conversation of um, business leaders and, of course, ministry leaders and leadership in general. And highly recommend the book for you and for your team. It it really helped you in a lot of ways. He mentions this for context in his book that most teams, most organizations, most people start with what? So we start with what, which has to do with products and results. And then we figure out how. How would speak more to values actions, differentiators, that kind of thing. And then maybe we get to why, which speaks to purpose. So what speaks to products and results, how speaks to values, actions, and differentiators, and why speaks to purpose. And in his book, what he basically advocates is that we invert the order. 
you know, that we flip the order on its head and rather than start with what, that we start with why, that we start with purpose. And then once we get the why down, we go to how, which is our values, actions, and differentiators. And then we focus on what. So just for context in the conversation, I think that's where the idea is coming from. But Allison's question is about how do you, how do you understand, how do you know uh, the why behind someone else's vision? It's so important that we do know it. So how do you know it? I would say this, you do not want to come up with the why of your team in a vacuum by yourself. That's not work that you do on your own. That is work you do with your leader and with your team. A leader, first of all, is the best um, source of the why behind the what. Anytime you can extract it from your pastor, anytime you can hear their heart, let them let them bleed a little bit. Let them let them pour out their heart a bit. Uh, you're going to be well served by um, by I guess hearing their heart and hearing hearing the why. Of course, then it also is so helpful when teams, whether that be executive teams or or um, pastoral teams or whatever the structure at your church would look like. It's so helpful when a team can actually get together and craft a well worded why. In other words, not just you know hearing the leader's heart, but really get a couple of why statements down. I think uh, that's another great way to know the why behind the what is is, is hear your pastor's heart and also um, work with the team at your church to really craft a couple of well-worded, strong why statements. I think a why statement is probably more beneficial than even some of the traditional things we've done with mission statements and vision statements and whatnot. Um a great why statement is going to go a long way. Let me give you something practical though that you can do. And I think that any leading second leader who's listening to this can take this and um, live this out. I guess, you know, starting today. And that's any time that you are asked to do something, anytime you hear the what from your leader, I want to encourage you to, and that could be your pastor. That could be another leader. You're getting, you know, direction from, Anytime you hear the what, slow down and ask them one follow-up question. Ask them, tell me why. Tell me why you want me to do the what. I am all in for the what. Just tell me the why as well. And I believe if you'll do that and you'll let whoever's giving you that, that direction pour their heart out a bit in time, you'll be able to kind of decipher and piece some things together. I learned so much of my pastor's why by sitting in his message planning meeting for years. I learned a lot of his why by sitting in Saturday night debrief, you know, after Saturday night church. In fact, I still do that when I'm around my home church on the weekends. I I sit and I just listen to him talk about why. I'll ask if I don't know, I'll ask, why did you decide that? Why did you say that? Why did you ask me to do that? So don't just listen for the what or even the how, but listen for the why. Let them share with you the why and and ask that follow-up question. I believe if you'll do that, I believe if you'll incorporate that discipline and that habit into your um, routine of discussion, I believe what you'll discover is discovering the why is very simple to discover. Actually, how and what are more complex and more disciplined and more difficult to discover than the why. Why is actually very simple to learn when you ask the right questions. (laughs) 
If you have a question you'd like to hear us answer here on the podcast, or if you'd like to share your I Am Leading Second story, I'd encourage you to contact us on leadingsecond.com or email us at leadingsecond at churchforward.co and um, let us know your story or your question. We'd love to feature you on an upcoming episode. Well, today I'm excited to welcome to the podcast three of our team church contributors. These are pastors and their churches that that um, contribute to the life of team church. Of course, Leading Second is an extension of the greater team church tribe. And um, we just love what God is doing in this season in the life of team church. Of course, team church conference is coming up this August. You're going to hear us talk about that. And we would love if you and your team would consider coming and joining us uh, August 5th through the 7th uh, here for what we believe is going to be a significant conference. We're going to be exploring the DNA of great teams at the conference. And uh, today I'm joined by Micah Pelkey. He's the lead pastor of Storyside Church in Belleville, Ohio. Joined by Jason Warman, who's the lead pastor of Coast Life Church in Venice, Florida, as well as our returning guest, Pastor Joshua Bingle, lead pastor of Genesis Church in Spokane, Washington. I believe this is going to help you, inspire you. Grab your team for this one. Don't listen to this one alone. Uh, Let's explore the DNA of great teams together. Here we go. Well, today I am joined by three of my great friends who are on our team of Team Church Contributor, so excited to have you guys here today. Uh, first up, joining me here live in person in Tacoma, Washington, is the man, the myth, Micah Pelkey. Hey, hey. From uh, Belleville, Ohio. I'm so glad you're here. Good to be here. You're here hanging at our women's conference. Yes. It's become like an annual trip out here. <laughs> we love it. We're boycotting the sessions and doing this instead, <laughs> I guess. And uh, then I'm joined by Pastor Jason Warman from Venice, Florida. What's up, everybody? So glad you're here. We love you. We love your family. Your wife's actually out here right now. Love your church. And um, thanks for staying home and being with the kiddos for a couple of days while she's here partying I'm with ho- us. I'm holding it down. <laughs> That's awesome. And then my favorite returning guest, Joshua Bingle. He's yes. no stranger to the podcast. Come on. Hey, just call me Ed McMahon, baby. I'm here. <laughs> our very, our very own Joy Behar. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, isn't that the goal in life? As you get to the point where you say needs no introduction. Yeah. Anyways. The usual. <laughs> the usual. Well, hey, we're gonna have some fun today. Um, but the reason I guess we're all sitting here and and a part of this conversation today is um, you all are part of our team of Team Church contributors. We love Team Church. And uh, Team Church, of course, is is our church's kind of collective vision and mission to equip the body of Christ to help see the church move forward. And Leading Second, of course, is an extension of and part of the greater Team Church tribe. And so um, we just thought we would uh, bring a group of us together today and have a conversation on exploring the DNA of great teams, exploring the DNA of great teams. So I'll give a couple of you a chance to answer this for a minute. Why are you a part of team church? Why, why do you, you know, invest your lives and your churches into this shared mission over the course of the year? Well, I think Brandon on our end, um, you know, it started with myself personally and then, you know, introducing my wife, my family, the team church, and now our staff, our team leaders, and just the life-changing moments that's taken place throughout, you know, the last seven or eight years, 
by just being in the room, just being around the relationships. You know, John Maxwell, when he talks about the power of proximity, uh, he actually makes the statement, be careful who lays hands on you. And he's just mm-hmm. talking about influence and impact. I just think it's so important, whether it's our families, our teams, just to be careful uh, about who is shaping us, forming us. So it's been a game changer for us. We love you're part of our tribe. Yeah, I, I remember walking into Team Church Conference for the first time and uh, just being struck by the fact that what I felt like God had put in my heart was being articulated through the conference. It was it was just an incredible moment. There was there was language. There was there was dreams in my heart, things in my heart that I never had a language for, and he- hearing that language about loving the local church, about being a part of a team, uh, about fighting for a healthy culture. And it, it was just, it was incredible. Like it, it really has shaped who Heidi and I are, are as people. It's shaped our church. And uh, man, there's a lot of things that are optional on my calendar. And uh, team church is not one of those things. It's not an option. It's, it's such a staple in our lives and our team. I love it. I love you're part of our team. And Josh, we, you're here locally to us in Spokane. Yeah. Uh, your wife's actually over here right now for our conference as well. And, um, we make you guys drive over here a lot. (laughs) Why, why are you part of this tribe? Yeah. Mine is very similar to Jason. I just remember five, six years ago, I think walking into the conference for the first time. And I remember thinking like, gosh, I did not realize just how thirsty I was until I walked into the room and felt like I got a drink for the first time in yeah. ministry. I just got a drink of water and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm home, man. These are my people. The, the people that I didn't even know I was missing, I'm like, these are my people. This is my family. This is my tribe. And um, just, we've been doing everything we can to stay in proximity for years now. And um you, Brandon, and Pastor Kevin, and Sheila, and, and Lindsay, you guys are just so wide open and generous with your lives and your time and your wisdom. Um, but it's, I mean, it's changed my me as a person, as a, a father, husband, pastor, all of it. So we'll keep showing it. up as long as you guys let us. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And this year at Team Church Conference, which, by the way, we're just shamelessly shamelessly plugging our <laughs> conference this year. Um, this year at, at Team Church Conference, we have completely reimagined uh, the conference. And this year we're exploring the DNA of great teams. So if you don't yet have plans to join us August 5th through the 7th in Tacoma for Team Church Conference, what in the world are you waiting for? Uh, get here. It'll be a game changer for you. And it's meant to be experienced as a team. So bring your team Get them registered, teamchurchconference.com. Um, we would we would absolutely love to host you, host your team, and we promise it'll be a valuable uh, 48 hours for you, um, August 5th through the 7th. So I guess today's episode is just a bit of a sneak peek and, you know, uh, into, I guess, where we're going to be leaning in for the whole conference. So we're exploring the DNA of great teams, and we're going to be at the conference. We're going to be asking the questions every team needs to answer asking the questions every team needs to answer. I think we're just convicted about this idea that before people can lead individually, they must come together as a team. I mean, you all are lead pastors. You, you need some great leaders around you. 
But I think you all would resonate the idea here that before each of them can lead in their own lane, in their own sphere, and in their own strength, it's it's first required for us to lead as a team and to uh, lead together. So I guess, guys, maybe lean into some questions here with me today on the DNA of great teams. In your opinion, what is the greatest quality of a healthy team? Like, what, what are you looking for out of your team at the end of the day? Yeah, I think it sounds simplistic to to say this as an answer, but uh, you know, my my first thought is spirituality. You know, it's so it's easy sometimes to have success and growth, and you know, our teams end up empty. You know, when they can come up with all the strategies, and I love all of all, I love all of those things, but you know, I know my heart years into doing this would just be that when it's all said and done and yep. conferences and events and gatherings and service. And I want my team uh, to still love Jesus and to still, you know, have those God moments. So spirituality is a big thing for me. And then fun. Uh, you know, a lot of times you can get drama, dysfunction, division on teams. And, you know, people are are in the room together, but they're not really in the room together. Right. And I love the health of a team. Um, I love when there's joy in there and people's having a good time. And, you know, I, I think we can grow churches and, and still love each other. Very well said. We probably should have saved spirituality for the end because now everything doesn't seem (laughs) as important. Thanks, Mike. (laughs) Like having incredible moments with Jesus. Well, let me add something to that. Um, (laughs) But for for me, I, like one of the things I think really is an indicator of a healthy team is is the language of a team, sort of the the collective talk. And I think you can one is, and I'm a big believer in having a healthy culture, and then culture travels on language. So when there's when there's unhealthy language or a, a miss a lack of alignment around language. I think that's probably a big indicator of a lack of health and not having a, a, a correct culture. Uh, I think it was Craig Rochelle. I heard him say recently, like is what's written on the walls happening in the halls. Like, you know, we come up, we come up with the, with values, we come up with, you know, a code and it's around, but is it really coming out of the language, which comes out of the all words according to Jesus pulls out of the well of our heart. And so I think you can tell a lot by a team dynamic of are they all speaking the same language? And I think sometimes you can get into a, a language of being negative or critical. And I, I've found that there's a voice of leadership and the voice of leadership never goes critical. The voice of leadership is purpose. It's always speaking the why behind the what. And when you have a healthy team, there are people who are able to articulate very well, not what's wrong, but why we're here and why we're going to take that mountain. Um, I think sometimes we can become even small minded and having small faith and like you got to have a voice of victory. And, you know, you, you, you just build that language into a team. And I think if you have a team that's speaking the same language and it's, it's, it's the language of purpose, it's the language of vision, it's the language of culture, I really don't think there's any mountain you can't take as a team if you have the right culture that's traveling on that language. You know, one thing, even as you were talking, Jason, uh, I'm just reminded, 
of some some conversations we've had as a team on the importance of not making each other wonder and how many times a pastor, a leader will go home, maybe even put his head on his pillow and wondering, you know, is, is that team member okay? Is that staff person okay? What did they mean by that? And you create a lot of times, you know, almost questions of just wondering, I wonder, and they wonder when they don't when they don't have any assessments, whether it's annually, quarterly, whether you know whether it's as simple as them just knowing, am I winning? Am I doing a good job? I think sometimes as leaders, when we don't tell them that, you know, they get in their car, their truck, they go home, and they start wondering, you know, am I a fit here? Am I doing a good job here? So I've I've talked to our team several times of let's go out of our way to remove the wonder uh, when wow. we go home. Wow, that's good. So let's good. let's eliminate the wonder. And just know we're heart and soul. We're together. We're going to give grace when needed, uh, but we're not going to go home and waste time wondering. Wow. Very well said. Right. I would say, obviously, the the spiritual side of it that Micah mentioned, I'll say what Jason said, kind of seems silly to talk about other things. So I'm going to assume that. Um, and I, something that I see as an indicator um and that we strive for is just a, a relentless commitment to the truth. Um, if, when your team is, at least for us, is united around uncovering truth, communicating truth, being truthful with one another, um, when that is a focal point, it eliminates, at least in our experience, so many other things that we run up against. Because if I as a team and committed to the truth. And I'm not going to be offended when somebody comes and challenges me because mm. I'm not, I'm not hitting the proper numbers or because I could have had a conversation in a different way. If I'm committed to knowing the truth and applying the truth in my life, Jesus said that, um, that as if you are my disciples, you will abide in my word and you will know the truth. And it's that truth that will set you free. And, and I, I want, our team to be free to lead well, unencumbered. I love Micah's language of not wondering. Like, I want to take away the wonder. I want you to know the truth. And so we're going to, obviously, you have rails on how to communicate that um, with humility and, and, and grace. But um, I think the greatest teams are just committed to the truth above all else, not performance, not someone else's opinion of who they are. If I'm committed to the truth, then I can lay my head on my pillow at night knowing I've done a great job of doing everything I can do. My wife loves me. My kid loves me. Uh, my kids love me. My team loves me. Um, so that's when you ask that question, that's the, what pops into my mind in this season of life for me. Let, let me ask the same question, maybe a little bit different way now. Um, for all of you brag on your teams for a second. What has your team done that really put points on the board for you as a pastor. So like this is the leading second podcast. So I think the vast majority of our audience sits in the second chair, the proverbial second chair in some capacity. So take us into the mind of the lead pastor. What, what is it about your teams that really put points on the board for you just in this last season of your ministry? I think that story side for our team, you know, there's several things that would come to mind, but um, you know, I've, I've loved, I know I go back to the, you know, each person just staying full, but, you know, picking a word a year and us throughout the year, encouraging each other, you know, how are you doing with that word? Where are you at with that word? Are you growing? What tools could we give you? 
Uh, that's that's just been so good, even relationally praying for each other, you know, and, and believing that we're all growing personally, not just growing the church. Yeah, good. Uh, as a pastor, um, I, I would say, you know, with staff that have been with us for a while, you know, some, you know, 11 or 12 years, some seven years, five years, a big win for Angel and I is when our team starts seeing it. You know, you read it in the Bible, the Bible will say that Moses saw, David saw, when Jesus saw the crowds, when Jesus saw the multitudes. It's There's something about your staff starting to see it, and then it's not always telling them, it's not always to-do list, it's, you know, they start seeing it. They see the property, they see the people, they see what's next. They, And so, you know, when Angel and I are not in the room, we're not around, but I will just hear back where people will say they made a great call, a great decision, they... I love it when team leaders and staff start seeing it. Uh, yes. It's just such a big win. You know, Jesus said, it's to your benefit, I go away. And I'm not saying any of us are Jesus, but, you know, as long as Jesus is here, Jairus wants Jesus, Mary and Martha want Jesus, the crowds want right. Jesus. You know, people don't want Peter's uh, shadow until Jesus is gone. Wow. You know, really. Wow. So the benefit is that when we're away, when we're out of the picture, when we're not always in the room, and, and our team has that chance to see it, for their shadow to be used. Uh, it's just a big win for me um, when they when they really elevate um, their eyesight spiritually. You, you know, it's not really my, my MO on this podcast to speak directly to lead pastors very often or, or challenge them. I hope every lead pastor just heard what you said, that I, I find myself saying this all the time to lead pastors very respectfully, that your absence is powerful. Yep. That when you're in the room, you're you're the one people are looking at. You're the one they're listening to. I think some of the greatest moments. This might just sound so funny, but some of the greatest moments that Pastor Kevin and Sheila have given me is when they've stayed home, when they've not been in the room. That meant yep. I could lead, you know. And and uh, anyways, I just thought that was really well said. Yeah, just you know, it's what I would call invisible leadership. Yeah, you know, Jesus said, "Greater works than these shall ye do." It's not that we're doing greater works in Christ. It's just if Christ can get in 12 and then 120 and then 3,000, and it's invisible leadership. He said, I, I'm leaving, but I'm going to be in you. And I think as lead pastors, if we would grasp that concept, that we don't have to be in every room, we don't have to make every decision, we just have to coach and mentor, and we need to get the spirit, the culture inside our right. team leaders uh, and let them run with it. For me, it would probably go back to you know your your question about healthy teams because I'll, I'll just brag on them for a second that I have watched them. They really blessed me by um, having difficult conversations and telling each other the truth, and and watching them not wither and watching them not whittle um, because they they understand um, in order to do the best possible job we can serving the people that Jesus shed his blood for. Um, we got to drop the pretense and the posturing and the posing and the, so we, we have a thing, you know, on, in our office called tell the truth Monday and Monday's like, I think we stole it from the Seahawks. And I talked about it on my Instagram story and you know how the internet is. Someone's like, why don't you tell the truth every day? I'm like, shut up. It's just something special that we do at the office. Tell the truth Monday where they, you know, it's, you have a, a free pass in this moment on this day, um, talking about weekends, talking about coming things, 
um, talking about interpersonal stuff, that this is a day where we say what needs to be said without nobody's fearing for their job. Like people can come like, I want to know I'm, I'm inviting this as a leader. Like, are you good? Uh, am I good? Like, how, how are we doing? Again, Micah, that's brilliant language about eliminating the wonder that I never want them to be, to, to have in their brain. I wonder what pastor is thinking, or I don't want to be in my absence wondering, um, is the team going to be strong enough to, to have difficult conversations with one another? Um, so just being able to walk into the office and walk around and see the truth being told. I know it's maybe not um, a super sexy answer, but to me, in this season of our church, our team is putting so many points on the board for us and for the future of our church um, by just elevating telling the truth and being brave enough and bold enough and mature enough to hear it, receive it well. Um, and yeah, so I love our team. If you're listening, which some of you are, um, well done. I'm proud of you. I love it. I love it. Maybe you guys could take us for a second into the world of a lead pastor. I just, I love this perspective. We try to get this as often as we can on leading second. So, and Jason, maybe we can start with you. Um, what expectations do you have as lead pastors of the key team around you? Like, what are you looking for? If, can, can you give language and voice to, I guess, maybe the, the cry of every pastor's heart on what they're, what they're looking for in, in their team? Yeah. Yeah. First, r- real quick, I just wanted to give a shout out to you, Brandon, for having a heart for this. I was, I was reading, reading the story of, of Joseph the other day. And it hit me that he changed the world from the second chair. Yep. He, he was never the primary leader at any point in his leadership yet. God used him to save the world. And I just think it's, you, you've stepped into something that is so underserved and that's just empowering a culture of leadership because one person can't change the world, but all of us together, we can step right. into what God's called us to do. And, you know, as, as a leader, like I, I, I've maybe I, I tend to be a, maybe over overly dramatic with this, but when I'm when I'm talking to my core team, I tell them that Coast Life Church is my third child. Uh, I have two children, and when I when I hand them a portion of the church, it's so personal to me. It's like me handing off one of my children. I, I care for this church. Heidi and I mm-hmm. have poured our, poured our hearts, our life into this. And I I think, man, when I, when I see a leader, um, who takes ownership from a position of empowerment and not entitlement, it means the world to me, uh, because sometimes there's ownership, but it's like, oh, now I'm in leadership. I can, I can do it my way, or I can get my opinion through, or I can lead it the way that I want to. And, and the leaders that really, like connect with me that become like our core leaders are the people who realize that they're not just leading from their heart. They're also leading from my heart. And they, they take the time to dig into where, where I'm at and lead with a perspective to me. And that, to me, that's empowered leadership uh, because I've, I've learned the hard way that delegation is only awesome 
if you have health. <laughs> if you don't, yeah. if you if you don't have health, delegation is a really really bad idea. And you know, you, you listen to all the leadership podcasts, and you get all fired up about delegation, and then you go pass things off to people who don't have your heart or aren't in alignment with you. It's disastrous. But when you, when you, when you empower, when you, when you, when you delegate and someone is truly empowered with a heart that's in sync with their leader, it's, it's really special and powerful. Yeah, that's really good, Jay. You know, one, one thing that we often talk about, you know, with our team is just the difference too, between delegating and dumping. You know, a lot of times people think they're delegating when really they're just dumping stuff off. Uh, You know, they haven't educated people. They haven't empowered people. Uh, you know, one thing, because, you know, we talk about being teachable and being dependable and accountable, all those words, and, and they're all such powerful words, I think, on, on teams. One thing that I think is that we would probably all agree on as well is when, when you're in ministry and you're dealing with, you know, growth and whether it's people coming or going, personalities, all of those things, I think it's really important on a team to be mentally and physically tough. Uh, when it comes to just dealing with storms, you know, the, the Bible's full of storms. And, you know, everyone can, re, you know, resort or revert back sometimes to personalities. And, well, I'm an introvert or I'm an extrovert or I'm a thinker or I'm a feeler. I, and I realize sometimes that that can almost be used as, as a card, you know, to get out of the situation. But the reality is if, if, you are, if you are in a role of leadership, you're a pastor, you're leading second, you're on the team, you know, I read a quote that said, God's close to the brokenhearted, but he's not close to the easily offended. And I just think there's a lot of truth in that, that if we're going to lead, it's not that it's not that we're not going to have tears. It's not that we're not going to have tough times. But I really admire in, in our teams when they can stick through it through the storm, you know, that they're, they're not stepping down. They're not throwing in the towel. They're not quitting. You know, they don't they don't need to. You know, to to always be encouraged hours and hours a day, they just sort of pull up their, you know, their bootstraps and they're like, Pastor Micah, let's go. And I really admire, uh, regardless of our personalities, I, I admire when a team is tough in tough times. You know, Micah, you just made me think about this. You're talking about be, being tough and and being mentally strong. I just thought of this. There, there's maybe there's more, but I just thought of four moments that you experience when you're on a team. First of all, you're going to have moments where you have to take the shot. So it, 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 it's, it's your shot. It's your opportunity. It's your moment in all of your preparation up to that point will matter at that time for you to, to execute well and lead well for your leader. But then secondly, we're all going to have moments where we have to pass the ball where it's someone else's shot to take. Are, are, are you a leader that doesn't just hog the ball? But are you a leader that passes the ball as well, that that can set others up with the same level of um, preparation, intensity, excellence, as if it was your shot to take? Thirdly, I think we're all going to have moments where we have to cheer from the sidelines, where someone else is taking a shot and you're not even playing. You got benched. You know, and you're, and you're still on the team and you're still on the team and you are, you are still in the game, but you're on, look at a great team. Look at, look at that bench erupt when the guys on the yeah. court make yeah. the shot and, and, and the bench 
runs out to the, you know, to the center. They didn't take the shot, but they still scored the point because yeah. they cheered from the sidelines. And then fourth, I think we're all going to have moments where we have to refocus in the huddle that you're going to have, you're going to get times where you get tired and weary and you're going to have times where you lose focus and you're going to have times where you're a little backwards in some way. And we all have to have moments where we refocus passing the ball, cheering from the sidelines, refocusing in the huddle that if if you're going to be on a team, you're going to have to be strong to navigate all of those moments. Well, yeah, and I think I think all of us would agree. It's not that it's not super tough. You know what I mean? There's times I felt like I've been all the way at the bottom just emotionally and, you know, yeah. thinking, you know, do I even want to do this? But the, I, I, I think there's something different, you know, between having moments like that versus that person that is just easily offended. I don't think any key leadership team at the church enjoys having people on their team that are just easily offended, like every single thing. Yeah you know, seems to, you know, sidetrack them. Yeah. I think one of the, the most important things I look for is that they, on my team, leaders, people direct reports to me, um, are just extremely motivated and disciplined on their own. Um, like, I just, if I have to be rallying you and checking in on you and hyping you up, this goes back to Micah talking about mentally tough, like you're just not going to survive at, at the at a high level in our world, not that we don't value you and love you, but um, I just, maybe it's just a function of gift makes that I get an, annoyed if I'm constantly having to fire somebody up. Um, and you know, I, I think it's one of the most undervalued things about David's life that it's not highlighted often, but multiple times we see instances where David had to encourage himself in the Lord. Like there wasn't, nobody was around telling him, you're going to do, you got this buddy. You're going to do a good job. I'm thankful for seasons where there are people in your world who are, you know, it's maybe feels like a very encouraging season, but if, if it's just, let's pretend it's tell the truth Monday, anybody can leave in a season like that. What sets pe- the, the greatest leaders apart is when there's nobody around chirping in their ear, they have a deep spiritual wealth from which they can draw of time in the presence of God, time in his word. Um, They know his voice. They know what it is to encourage themselves and then get up and take the shot or pass the ball or cheer somebody else on the sideline. Like whatever the season calls for, um, they know what it is to do that. And so I think for me, um, what I'm looking for from those people in the second chair is that's that is invaluable. And if you don't have it, you're just not going to survive long uh, in our world. Yep. Very, very, very well said. I think we would all agree that the person that can refuel themselves and the person that can lead themselves well is a highly valuable part of the team. The, the person that you don't have to constantly check up on or wonder about, they remove the wonder for you by saying, I'm bringing my best, I'm staying healthy and I'm going to lead myself well. I think we would all agree that's a very valuable member of the team. Let's maybe um, end the discussion with this thought. To me, just taking people into our world here at Champion Center with pastors Kevin and Sheila, I think one of the things they've always done really brilliantly is they've created this culture on our staff that we win together and we lose together. But but mm. we're going to be together. In other words, if, if your area isn't doing well, uh, we will surround you 
and help you and before you. We do need to know about it. So don't don't hide stuff. We do need to know if you're not doing well, but we we lose together, but we also win together. And what I've always taken by taken that is is that number one, if you're stuck, you don't have to stay stuck alone. The great thing about being a part of a team right. is that you have someone to help you up when you fall. And you don't have to take the fall by yourself. But then when you're part of a team, you also don't get to win by yourself. You don't get all the credit when right. you win because you're a part of a team. And it's it's a team win. And it's a team loss. I'm not sure if you guys would would have anything to add to that thought or even from your own cultures, what that's looked like. I just think it's so powerful when a team can lock into, we win together and we lose together, but we're going to be together at the end of the day. For us, we just, we're we're constantly trying to use uh, we language. And um, that might be a small thing. That's not earth shattering, but it's more than just it being like a habit of, the tongue it's got to be a habit of the heart that that we are we are in in this together that if if you are going to cry i'm going to cry with you when you're celebrating i'm going to celebrate with you um it it bands everybody together in such a tight fashion um to where you're building a family rather than just building a a gathering with a haze machine on the weekends um (laughs) like i love all that stuff but God's not impressed by my hazer, you know, like he's not like, man, that was a great lighting package you guys installed. Um, it's a great tool. Um, and we love it, but, but winning together and losing together, um, not, not allowing people to go rogue and be mavericks. And, um, I'm all for individuals on the team, but rogues are dangerous and it combats that rogue mentality. Um, when you are forced to share the win. Um, but then it's also a great comfort when you get to share the loss. Um, and so I, it just, it drives such a tight knit heart on your family or part of me and your team. Um, that's really invaluable, irreplaceable. And one thing I would add just to what you're saying, Josh, I, I was actually reading just this morning and was jotting down some notes on the difference between striving for success versus staying healthy when it comes to, I, I want to be fruitful. You know, Jesus mm-hmm. talked about being fruitful in ministry. And a lot of times you can be successful, you know, if the person beside you isn't successful. A lot of times success can even get solo celebrations, you know, it's drawn to an individual. But if you view ministry and church through through the lens of fruitfulness, it's really tough to be fruitful if there's something wrong with the tree or the team or wow. Um, so well said. And so when you view it through fruitfulness, you know, it's, it just changes everything because if there's something wrong with the soil or the watering systems or, you know, the limbs or pruning, you're just all in it together for us to be fruitful. This whole thing has to be healthy. And so I just think it helps us to really look at the big picture uh, when it comes to team and, and not just see it as as like solo success. Uh, so I, I think it's important just to remind our teams constantly, let's stay healthy and let's stay fruitful. So well said, and I think we'll land the plane there with you all today. Um, you know, we, we are working really hard right now as a team to create a space for pastors and leaders and their teams this summer at Team Church Conference. I just hope that if you're listening to this today that you will be a part that you'll, you know, that you'll make the decision to come, bring your team, don't come alone. Um, we're going to, this, we're just 
not even scratching the surface of, I think the territory we're going to cover at conference this summer. And we're just believing it's going to help. And, and like Micah just said, if, if the tree is good, the fruit's going to be good. That, that at the end of the day, we're going to go after the intangibles that make us a healthy team so that the fruit of our lives and the fruit of our ministry is good. So I just want to thank all three of you for investing into team church, investing into our world, investing into our tribe. Your voices uh, carry so much weight and they mean a ton to us. And I, at the end of the day, I'm just really glad I get to do ministry with, with great friends and great people. So thanks for being in our world, guys. We love you. We love you too. Love you, man. Love you guys. If this podcast has resonated with you, I would encourage you to help us out by becoming a podcast ambassador. Click the subscribe button, leave a rating, a comment, share the podcast. We would love to um, be a part of your world every week and help you and your team in any way we can. Also, if you want to bring Leading Second teaching to your church, I would encourage you to go to leadingsecond.com and check out our resources page. We have an online course available, a, a free video-based resource for you and your team uh, that we have churches all over the nation, all over Canada, uh, even around the world going through our course right now, just um, a tool that we're offering you to help you and your team be better. So Leading Second, we love you. Uh, such an honor to get to do life with you and I guess have this space every week. Uh, we don't take it lightly. So until we're together next time, Leading Second, let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. For more information, check out leadingsecond.com or join us on the Leading Second Forum on Facebook.